never remain free if they are not willing, if need be, to fight for their vital interests. Solution to our problem, government is the problem. Praise Yahweh and pass the ammunition. The Restoration Hour with Pastor Eli James. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Christian Israelites, uh, white nationalists, constitutionalists, patriots everywhere, people who love truth. Everywhere, welcome to the Restoration Hour here at Eurofocal Radio, June 12, 2021. And tonight's report is going to be about 5G and the nano <laughs> nanotoxin revolution. That's what I've been calling it. It's a nanotoxin. It's not a vaccine, folks. It's a jab. The Gates jab is designed to inject... Uh, foreign material into your DNA so that you will be a walking credit card and debit card and uh, a, a kind of storage file of your personal information was easily accessible by 5G. Now, last night we talked about the Mobile World Congress and how 5G and the uh, mobile cell phone industry and mobile this and mobile that uh, is becoming the standard. There's no regulation of these devices. Whatever regulations are in place are far too skimpy, and uh, they don't do anything for your health. In fact, they're hazardous to your health. And everything is set to go forward full speed ahead with 5G, with the Gates uh, nano vaccine, nanotoxin, and of course the global reset, which we also talked about last night uh, uh, with Klaus Schwab and uh, the rest of the Jew World Order people who want to, uh, they've been destroying the economy anyway. So it looks like in 2021 and or 2022, they plan on killing the economy. And so life is going to get worse, worse, and more worse as the years go by. We'll see how many years this can last. So get ready. Be prepared for the worst, because the worst is yet to come. <laughs> Wi-Fi going very good. All right, so we are in the position of being observers of the greatest scam in history. We're also in the position of trying to warn our kinsmen and anybody who will listen about this gigantic scam called COVID, its relationship to 5G, the global reset, and uh, total slavery for the masses by the Rothschilds, Rockefeller, et al. So this is where we're at, folks. But first, first, I want to play... It's a video that I can only play from my Skype channel, and I can't provide you a link. But this is very, very important. So give me a second while I uh, cue this up to play. And I can't stop it once it starts, but it's only a couple of minutes long. 
This is a woman who is an executive of a, a company that staffs oil and uh, Derek oil and gas companies with personnel. And you are not going to believe what she has to say. Here we go. So about eight years ago, I lost my baby during pregnancy, which is the reason that I actually left the healthcare field because I was working with pregnant women, primarily um, reproduction and endocrinology. And I just found it was a little bit too difficult for me to provide quality of care given my recent loss. So I went back into full-time uh, working in the gas and oil and recruitment uh, sector. And to this day, I am running a global uh, gas and oil recruitment firm. And the reason that this is important is because of what I am seeing as an executive in this industry happening right now as a result of the COVID vaccines. And it's something called succession planning. And if you don't know what that is, look it up. But basically what it is, is companies need to plan for um, what's going to happen as their staff um, move on. Rather, they move up the line, they retire. Um, they so die so from forth. the jab. And succession planning is something that I help companies with professionally by offering them uh, recruitment services. So they'll come to me and say, hey, we're going to need 100 guys to, you know, staff this rig, so on and so forth. And so we'll provide them that service. Well, what's really interesting, what's happening right now, and it's actually mortifying, not just interesting, is that executives are having their uh, HR staff and their human resources, superintendents, foremen, so on and so forth, go through and look at the staff that have received the vaccines. And they're planning to have to replace them all within the next three years. What does that say to you? This is something that's, you know, it's got some of these guys literally in tears as they're going through the company and literally checking off all of these individuals that have taken the vaccine, knowing that most likely in the next three years, they're going to have to plan to replace that person. What does that say to you? And this is a really big thing in the industry that I'm in and a lot of talk going on around this at the moment because these massive companies, massive gas and oil companies are looking to have to replace thousands of personnel. And I'm in that line of work that does the staffing for these large gas and oil companies. And um, they're pretty petrified as for what's gonna happen to their staff, but also their businesses because they project that they're gonna lose, uh, you know, roughly half of their personnel. Okay, they're projecting that they're going to lose roughly half of their personnel. Okay, so this is, they're going down the list of all the employees they know who have taken the jab and expect them to die within three years. What do they know? That we don't know. Okay, well, we in, at Eurofolk Radio know. <laughs> but the general public is clueless as to the true nature of this jab and what it's going to do to them. So here we see that big corporations are already making plans to lose up to 50% of their staff, their workforce, that being mainly those who have taken the Gates jab. 
Okay, we have been telling you not to get the vax, not to get it, or the, the toxin. Don't get the toxin because it's going to kill you. If you're lucky, it'll kill you quickly. If you're not lucky, you'll start bleeding from your eyes. You'll start bleeding from your groin. You'll get all kinds of rashes on your arms and legs. You'll have respiratory problems and on and on and on. Maybe dementia would be a good thing in a situation like that. You won't know who you are and what you are and what you're suffering. So this is the future, folks. This is the future. George Orwell never dreamed how bad this medical apocalypse would be. Absolutely never dreamed. Okay, so uh, as uh, we did report last night, the, um, the uh, Mobile World Congress had to cancel its 2020 event but they are having their 2021 event in Barcelona. So if anybody's listening who might be able to attend and give us a report, please contact me, Eli James, at elijames at att.net. That's elijames at att.net. We would love to have you go there and report on what's going on because everything suggests that the Mobile World Congress is going full speed ahead without concern for the health consequence of you and me and probably even themselves. <laughs> because if they believe the, the, the reports from the uh, Judeo corporations, the Jewish corporations, about the supposed health and safety of microwave technology, cell phones, 5G, and all the rest, well, they have been misinformed. But I can't believe that these people are so ignorant that they don't know what's going on. And so they've made plans. In my opinion, they've made plans to shield themselves from the effects of this horrible, really horrible technology. So this is going to be in Barcelona, Spain, at the Fira Gran Via. Fira Gran Via, which I believe is a hotel, or maybe it's just a conference center, I don't know. But here is the list of main speakers at this event. Again, this is June 28th to July 1st this year, coming right up. And he, these are some of the speakers. Ann Bowden, CEO, Starling Bank. Arvind Krishna, CEO, IBM. Eugene Kaspersky, CEO, Kaspersky and Company, Zina Jari Sinker, C I N K E, our Director General, A M P T, Nick Staransky, Founder and CEO, Revolut, whatever that is, probably uh, it's not quite a revolution, <laughs> Revolut, Danielle Royston, CEO, Telco DR, uh, Zhu Jiang, Executive Director and President, ZTE, obviously a Chinese corporation. Caroline Casey, founder and creator of the Valuable 500. Yeah, well, I mean, is that any different from the Forbes 500? <laughs> Mats Graniard, Granrid, Director General, GSMA. Anna Mikus, CEO, Neuroelectrics. 
and she's pictured here with a bunch of uh, terminals on her skull. <laughs> it's actually a, a skull cap with a bunch of electrodes on it. I can imagine what she's up to. Cristiano Aman, President and CEO-elect, Qualcomm, big telecommunications company. Sarah Wilkinson, CEO, NHS Digital. Yang Ji, Chairman, China Mobile. Hans Vestberg, Chairman and CEO of Verizon. Julie Sweet, CEO, Accenture. Nick Reed, CEO, Vodafone Group. I think that's in Sweden or, uh, or Norway or someplace like that. Matthew Uman, CEO, Reliance Geo, J-I-O. Stefan Richard, Chairman and CEO, Orange. Rafael Anakino, President and CEO, Viacom, CBS, Networks International. Two more, Ryan Ding, Executive Director, President of Carrier BG Huawei, another Chinese corporation. Dr. Antonio DeLacy, Chief of Gastrointestinal Surgery Department, Hospital Clinic, Barcelona. Maybe he'll re do a report on how your, your guts are going to be cooking while you're doing 5G, folks. So this is a big event, every bit as big as Event 201 in 2019 and the global lockdown the cyber the cyber lockdown of the economy that's also coming up so these people are going full steam ahead we have no choice but to prepare ourselves for what's coming and make your environment as free of these microwave radiation devices to whatever extent you can if they put a a tower next to your house, you know what you're going to have to do. You know what you're going to have to do. Because we can't allow this, we can't allow them to cook us to death and turns our turn our brains and our guts into mush. That's what this is going to do. Okay, and so uh, the report last night on Cyber Polygon 2021 Globalist-run simulation of a coming cyber pandemic to prepare for economic reset. So they are planning. They are planning a, a hack fest. They're going to hack into everything and claim it's being done by outside hackers. Well, no, this is just going to be a global cyber false flag by which they're going to tell us, oh, we need more security. We're going to have to lock you down even harder. We're going to have to control you even more. We're going to have to watch every transaction you make for your own security. Don't you know? So 2020 and to the so far 2021 are just the tip of the iceberg, folks. Just the tip of the iceberg. So we're going to do uh, several reports here. And this is, uh, again, it's going to be an audio. Barcode. Okay. They... All right, very important here. For, uh, let me start this from the beginning. This is a report by, oh, what's the name of this? Uh, Ice Age Farmer. 
Ice Age Farmer about the Anika Group, A-A-N-I-K-A. And this relates, again, this is intracellular. I'm talking about your cells now. <laughs> cell phone to A cell phone to your cells, your biological cells, Borgian connectivity. And here is some of the report. I'm just going to play a few minutes of this. It's 13 minutes long, but also very important. Here we go. Recently introduced their flagship product, a uh, genetically modified probiotic spore that can be, as we read here, misted onto dry goods or added to liquid products. And these GMO spores are tagged with a digital ID that you can trace back using blockchain or any other technology to whatever you want. So we're now this is a method of providing a unique ID to anything. So this is similar to a spike protein, spike protein being the random bits of a protein sticking out of a so-called coronavirus, which supposedly somehow can penetrate into you or at the very least be used by this technology that they're using to build an antibody against. But as we've been telling you, they're not creating antibodies. What they're creating is autoimmune bodies. They're creating autoimmune bodies so that your your immune system will attack you and not the spike protein. So here, here is a a a cellular in in terms of a technology, not not biological, but industrial technology, which does something very very similar. Let's continue. Any piece of, as you can see here, any apple, any piece of. Oh, it's it's misted onto the products that you buy at the store food or really anything across any supply chain so that we can integrate that with our AI plus blockchain supply chain that we're creating in our fourth industrial revolution here. So the bottom line about this tech. Is there any doubt that they're planning to activate your body as a transceiver of all kinds of information? This technology that I want to share with you, and we'll hear from one of their founders here in a second, is that they make the case that this is, of course, edible and tasteless and they claim safe and that really underscores the fact so is dirt that these guys are creating a gmo microbe barcode that they intend (laughs) to implant in any food product before it goes off uh who would have believed this 20 minutes ago into the shipping for grocery stores then into your stomach and ultimately into the smart sewers that will attract the Smart sewers? (laughs) Oh, no, that sounds like the worst thing. Oh, Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing is a cyber monster. Are you beginning to comprehend the craziness of all this? Let's continue. These products in your gut even using these GMO spores that survive all of those processes. So let's talk about that tonight. I'm Christian, and this is the Ice Age Farmer broadcast. Can we hear a little bit about how Anika is changing the security of the supply chains uh, as the world becomes more and more global? Michelle? Um, So sort of on a high level, what we do is we use microbes as tracking devices. 
Okay, they use microbes as tracking devices. Are they talking about naturally occurring microbes or something they invented as a bioweapon? So he is showing a conference call of four people uh, affiliated with Anika. Again, that's A-A-N-I-K-A, Anika. Let's continue. So what we do is we convert data, digital data, into strands of DNA. We insert that. We convert digital data into strands of DNA. Did you hear that? We convert digital data into strands of DNA. Obviously, this is uh, industrial DNA. It's not natural DNA. Let's continue. That little bit of DNA into a microorganism, a probiotic microorganism, to be honest. Uh, and then we can sort of apply. Probiotic, really? You're trying to tell us this is going to be good for us? Apply that organism and sort of uh, have it hitch a ride on any food or agricultural product or, or really anything through the supply chain. Um, and what the reason we use a microbe to do it is because we engineer it to go into a spore. So a dormant state that allows it to be impervious to high temperatures and UV light, sort of protect that DNA barcode stomach acid transit and so why this is important is because you can spray romaine lettuce for example and you can mix it around and wash it and treat it uh, microwave it you can have it decay for a month and we can still re-identify sort of each leaf back to its origin and, and you mentioned that it's a probiotic and you use lettuce as your example so is this something that you imagine is going to be mostly used in food supply chains i could see that being extraordinarily useful but perhaps you can even branch out into non-edible things yeah so so we've worked with the beers uh, on diamonds we've got inquiries <laughs> about spores on diamonds about tagging explosives uh to be hmm. honest um picture before it gets blown to smithereens big mining companies explosives end up in a in a civil war we we've heard everything uh both organic and non-organic in terms of applications um we're just focusing this year particularly on romaine lettuce because of, of customer demand but the applications are actually just really endless okay so they're planning on tagging every conceivable consumer product with these artificial spores that will tag your DNA. It will be inserted into your DNA. Okay, uh, you ready to become a Borg? A Zogbot? In terms of how you could apply this to, to a number of different things. Now, before we go any further, I want to point out this talk that we're watching is part of a demonstration day hosted by SOSV, a venture capital firm who invests quite a bit into, as we can see from their portfolio companies here, uh, replacement agriculture, cell cultured <laughs> meats and other... Uh, replacement agriculture. Now, everything else is already fake. Now, they're going to give us fake meat. Let's continue. Pathetic foods. Just taking a quick look here, Memphis Meats is obviously one of the uh, popularly... Uh, consumed fake meat burgers out there. We're developing a way to produce real meat without the need for animals. So meat without the animals. They have finless food is another uh, portfolio company that SOSV has funded. Delicious seafood without the catch, without the fish, right? So yeah. meat without animals, fish without fish. Heels Gel Tour is another one. We make gelatin without the animal. And I also wanted to note, we create 
things that are critical to the post animal economy. So SOSV portfolio companies are Well, we're animals too. What do they really have in mind here? Openly working on constructing a post animal economy. Even as the media today is running point for Joe Biden saying, no, he doesn't want to take away your cows. Meanwhile, billionaires and venture capitalists are all and startup companies are all are all funding and working on projects to create a world without animal agriculture, right? We've talked about that a lot. Notco in Chile is another company that SOSV has funded in combination with Biz Stone, one of the Twitter co-founders, and Jeff Bezos. So again, these billionaires are all all in on uh, creating meat from animal cells instead of animal slaughter. This is New Age Meats, yet another portfolio company. But the one, and then actually just briefly, Novo Nutrients creates food from waste carbon dioxide, turning it into protein for aquaculture. And of course, Sugar Logics recreating the best kept secret in human breast milk because even breast milk is dirty and antiquated in the post animal economy. But, um, yeah, right. As a matter of fact, another of their portfolio companies is a human tissue printing and pharmaceutical development. Uh, company, just like the World Economic Forum promises us, you'll own nothing but be happy anyway by the year 2030, and we'll be 3D printing human tissues. Yeah, SOSV is working on that part of it as well. But it is Annika that really ties together this entire portfolio, uh, tracking and tracing all goods across the supply chain. Let's go back to this uh, founder, because he's about to tell us how they can apply this technology to fresh foods without getting the EPA involved. In the lettuce, for example, it's actually post-harvest and it's mixed with the wash water. So it's actually not touching in the field. I see. There's one reason the EPA is not involved. Um, and that's basically the case. A lot of it is, it doesn't really need to be at the field, but just post-harvest or post, you know, whatever that system is, post-mining or whatever it is. So um, that's usually how it's added in. Can you Can you use these to verify that these products have been ethically sourced i imagine it depends on who your um yeah. customer is but ethics what does ethics have to do with anything but, uh, we actually exactly. so in in cacao and coffee this is a big issue especially in europe and the united states where, where like ethical sourcing is legislated pretty much so we've done things like uh we, this is one of the coolest demos which was we took coffee beans roasted them like brewed cups of coffee and then like traced them back to the origin to show that these were ethically sourced cups of coffee and these weren't. So yeah, we, we, like uh, in coffee in particular, I think there's like 22 different certifications that they need and you can, you can embed those, so to speak, in these tags, you know, the, the, the authenticity. When you did the coffee experiment, did you tag the, did you tag the beans before you roasted them? Before we roasted Oh, wow, that's amazing. It, it, what's amazing is that the spores are just in, in the spores that we use are just, they cling to organic matter really well, I mean, especially grasses. That's why they're really good in things like leafy greens. And that's just a, that's just a property of this. And so one of the things. Okay, is your skin crawling yet, dear listeners? This is Farmageddon at its worst. Nothing is real. That's the way they want it. They want to put you all, yeah, Wi-Fi goyim. <laughs> They're turning us into Wi-Fi goyim. And all of this is proceeding full speed ahead. And they're ignoring any laws. Yeah, he made this, uh, the guy who's representing 
Annika here, may claim that this is ethical, but this is all about tracking. This is tracking people without people being aware of it. And who knows what else these uh, bioweapon spores can do to you. And what about uh, nutrition? Can any of this fake food, cyber food, can any of this cyber food be harmful to your health? I would imagine so, folks. I would imagine so. This is not getting any better. So not only do we have to shelter ourselves from chemtrails and, and drones and uh, zombies walking around shedding on us, the very food you buy at the grocery store is going to be scrubbed with nanoparticles, which this guy calls spores. And when you ingest them, you will be tracked. Is Did uh, George Orwell imagine anything like this? I don't think so. I don't think he imagined anything like that. So... Uh, I'm going to also play another audio because uh, these audios are very important. Uh, and I couldn't find any uh, reports similar to this in writing. But this is Dr. Peter Glidden uh, talking about uh, the, the, the nanotechnology and the Rockefeller Foundation and the total control of medicine, pharmacia, by the Rockefellers et al. Here we go. You hit on uh, the third leading cause of death in the United States, yeah. and I'm sure most of us could figure it's either heart-related or cancer or uh, uh, diabetes, things like that. Okay, so they're talking about the third leading cause of death in the United States. This is June 2018, and he's going to tell you it's medical procedures, doctors, Doctors and uh, hospitals are the third leading cause of death in 2018. But I believe they have been bumped up to number two. Let's continue. Can you clue us into what that is and why? Uh, yeah, okay. And thank you for asking that because this is the 10,000-pound gorilla <laughs> in the room that nobody's talking about. The third leading cause of death, as published in the Journal of the American Medical Association, is MD-directed treatments. This means you go to a medical doctor, an MD, he gives you a treatment and you die from it. According to the United States Department of Health and Human Services, 15,000 15, Medicare patients a month are killed by MD treatment. And no now this is before COVID, because this is June 2018. Can you imagine how high that number is now? Nobody goes to jail. A handful of terrorists fly two planes into the Twin Towers. 3,500 people die and we go to war. But 15,000 people a month are killed by medical doctor treatments and we don't bat an eyelash. This is because we have been, I don't want to say brainwashed, that's not the correct term, but we have been, for the last hundred years, um, kind of led into this false belief, you know, I think it was Marcus Welby that started it, that the medical doctor is king, 
and knows everything about everything. And really, you need to just shut up and follow your medical doctor's advice. Most people in the United States have no idea at all of the history of the evolution of medicine in the United States. In the early 1900s, it was a relatively level playing field between the chiropractors, the osteopaths, the homeopaths, and the MDs. In 1915, 1920, there was something called the Flexner Report. The Carnegie Corporation funded this man named Abraham Flexner. He went all around the country, and t he went on stagecoach and train and horseback. This was before the interstate highway system, right? took Flexner five years to do this. He went all around the country and did an inventory of all of the medical schools that prescribed drugs. He brought the list back to the Carnegie's, who owned drug companies, and then the Carnegie's and the Rockefellers gave millions of dollars of free money to the medical schools and hospitals in the United States that were prescribing drugs. That was the beginning of the end. After the Flexner Report, there was no more level playing field in the United States. And the MDs started a juggernaut that's taken off. Most people in the United States think that the predominant medicine here, MD-directed pharmaceutical medicine, we think that those guys are top dog because their therapeutics are better than the homeopaths or the naturopaths or the chiropractors. It's not. They're in the driver's seat because of political and financial coalitions that were built at the turn of the century that most people have no idea of at all. And it's a gigantic problem. And I, I mean, it's a gigantic fraud. It's crazy, right? It's the third leading cause of death. And yet, when the government makes noise about messing with people's insurance, everybody freaks out. Mm -hmm. And that's a whole other thing to talk about, isn't it? Because what is medical insurance? When you buy medical insurance, what are you doing? You're betting that you're going to get so sick you will not be able to afford it. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Right. And then, so you pay good money every month to gain... And chances are you won't be able to afford it because if you want a medical doctor and you want to go to a hospital, oh, $400,000 for an operation? In ...access to a system of medicine that's the third leading cause of death in the United States. We need our heads examined, quite frankly. <laughs> Again, there's Dr. Peter Glidden. That's why we give, Dr. Wallach and myself collectively, we give 400 free lectures a year. And we're building a grassroots network because people don't know this. I mean, people, I come to my lectures and they look at me and say, couch potatoes live longer? <laughs> Medical doctors are the third leading cause of death? You know, what's going on here? We're mm. like we're like the people... Uh, you know, in Galileo's time, saying, hey, everybody, you know, it's the sun that's at the center of the solar system, not the Earth. Well, hey, everybody, the Earth is round, it's not flat. Or, hey, everybody, slavery's a bad thing. Right? This is a, we're, we have a social agenda here. Why do we have a social agenda? Because people are suffering needlessly. You wouldn't believe, as God is my witness, you would not believe the things that I've seen people recover from in holistic medicine. It's, the body's ability to fix itself is remarkable. And most of the mm -hmm. time, all that the body needs to do that is the raw materials that it needs to do that. And we need to stop eating food that's hurting the body. You know, if you put diesel fuel in an industrial diet, so practically everything that's created and, and a 
put in a box or in a bag is industrial food, probably has zero nutrition, and is full of toxins. Unleaded engine, even if it's a brand new Ferrari, it's going to run like crap if it runs at all. There's nothing wrong with the car, it just had the wrong fuel. Mm. It's the same with the human body. You give the human body the raw materials that it needs, clean up the diet, Superman, Superwoman. And you know, if you don't get to super status, then at least your blood pressure normalizes, at least your arthritis goes away, at least your anxiety and panic attacks go away, and you can sleep through the night. Oh, that would be nice to sleep through the night. Okay, so what we're seeing here is there's a lot of resistance from alternative practitioners. And uh, he said he was affiliated with Dr. Wallach, and uh, Dr. Wallach is a nutritionist. So... We have to go back to the old-fashioned way before the Flexner Report of 1920, uh, before vaccines, and return to that lifestyle, the natural lifestyle that Yahweh gave to us. You know, he told us that he, he has herbs, natural herbs, for any problem we might have. And even aspirin was manufactured from tree bark. So aspirin started out as a natural product, but in order to get a patent on that tree bark product, you have to isolate the so-called active ingredient and make a, a concentration of it in, in a pill called aspirin. And that's how they can wean you off of a natural herbal cure to a, a, a tablet that costs... 10,000 times what it's worth. Folks, we are getting the royal shaft from not just Big Pharma, but the banksters and uh, media, etc., etc. So there are people who are trying to warn us about what's really going on in this world, and uh, we just heard from three of them who were trying to warn us. Okay, now, now I have a, a link that I want to share with everybody. And this is from the Scientific American, of all places, because not all mainstream media is horrible. Most of them are. But in this case, the Scientific American had actually published a reasonably good article entitled, We Have No Reason to Believe 5G Is Safe. And if you do a internet search on the dangers of 5G, there'll be all kinds of denials that there's any safety issue with 5G. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you it is not safe. It's going to make you very, very ill. And if you're not aware uh, that uh, radiation of all kinds, especially microwave radiation, is bad for your body, it's going to cook you literally cook you, whether you get cooked slowly or fast is up to you or not at all. Again, the title of this article is, We Have No Reason to Believe 5G is Safe. And the author is Joel M. Moskowitz. This was published October 17, 2019. The technology is coming, but contrary to what some people say, there could be health risks. There certainly will be health risks. 
The telecommunications industry and their experts have accused many scientists who have researched the effects of cell phone radiation of fear-mongering over the advent of wireless technologies 5G. Since much of our research is publicly funded, we believe it is our ethical responsibility to inform the public about what the peer-reviewed scientific literature tells us about the health risks from wireless radiation. When he says we, I think he's referring to Scientific American. The chairman of the Federal Communications Commission recently announced through a press release that the commission will soon reaffirm the radio frequency radiation RFR exposure limits that the FCC adopted in the late 1990s. And again, and these limits are really outdated. And uh, all of the safety tests that have occurred in the interim all prove that uh, much lower doses of radiation will make you sick, but they have not adjusted these exposure limits. These limits are based upon a behavioral change in rats exposed to microwave radiation and were designed to protect us from short-term heating risks due to RFR exposure. Again, that's radio frequency radiation. Okay, so the only basis that they have for saying this thing is safe is watching a behavioral change in rats. That's the only basis they have for declaring this 5G to be safe. Yet, since the FCC adopted these limits based largely on research from the 1980s, the preponderance of peer-reviewed research, more than 500 studies, have found harmful biologic or health effects from exposure to RFR at intensities too low to cause significant heating. And that's the other uh, measurement they take. Uh, Is your radio frequency radiation heating you up? Is it cooking you? No, uh, it's doing damage to you even before it heats up your cells, even before it starts to cook you. Citing this large body of research, more than 240 scientists who have published peer-reviewed research on the biologic and health effects of non-ionizing electromagnetic fields, EMF, which I believe just simply means uh, the fields that don't heat, heat you up, or maybe it's the ones that actually heat you up and don't have uh, uh, you know, radioactivity or anything like that, signed the International EMF Scientist Appeal, which calls for stronger exposure limits, okay, or more stringent, stricter exposure limits. The appeal makes the following assertions, quote, Numerous recent scientific publications have shown that EMF affects living organisms at levels well below most international and national guidelines. Effects include increased cancer risk, cellular stress, increase in harmful free radicals, genetic damages, structural and functional changes of the reproductive system, learning and memory deficits, neurological disorders, and negative impacts on general well-being in humans. Damage goes well beyond the human race, as there is growing evidence of harmful effects to both plant and animal life. But the industry says, 
No, it's safe. The scientists who signed this appeal arguably constitute the majority of experts on the effects of non-ionizing radiation. They have published more than 2,000 papers and letters on EMF in professional journals. The FCC's RFR exposure limits regulate the intensity of exposure, taking into account the frequency of the carrier waves, but ignore the signaling properties of the RFR. Okay, so again, here, rather than conducting tests on the full exposure to all the all the uh, patterns of radiation, not to full exposure, but to selected parts of the exposure. And so they're only measuring the frequency, but they're ignoring the signaling properties of the RFE. Because, well, because nanotechnology can be used to signal from some uh, 5G tower directly into your, your nanotoxin which has become part of your DNA or has been inserted into your DNA. Along with the patterning and duration of exposures, certain characteristics of the signal, for example, pulsing and polarization, increase the biologic and health impacts of the exposure so they can manipulate the signal to make it even deadlier. New exposure limits are needed which account for these differential effects. Moreover, these limits should be based on a biological effect, not a change in the laboratory rat's behavior. Okay, that was the standard. Okay, does this does this radiation affect a rat's behavior? Okay, how about how does it affect a human's behavior? Does the human uh, feel itchy all over and uh, disorganized, can't remember things, and starts getting welts? and gets uh, dementia. How about those kinds of effects? The World Health Organization's International Agency for Research on Cancer, the IARC, classified RFR as, quote, possibly carcinogenic to humans, unquote. But the, the, the Mobile World Congress is going full speed ahead. Full speed ahead, folks. And Annika Corporation is going to tag all the food you eat with nanotechnology, nanospores. Full speed ahead. We're going to have to have demonstrations against these things. The fact is, most people don't know anything about this because mass media is not telling them. Continuing. Last year, a $30 million study conducted by the U.S. National Toxicology Program, NTP, found clear evidence that two years of exposure to cell phone RFR increased cancer in male rats and damaged DNA in rats and mice of both sexes. This is simply from cell phone use, folks. Simply from cell phone use. The Ramazzini Institute in Italy replicated the key finding of the NTP using a different carrier frequency and much weaker exposure to cell phone radiation over the life of the rats. 
Based upon the research published since 2011, including human and animal studies and mechanistic data, the IARC has recently prioritized RFR to be reviewed again in the next five years. Can we wait that long? They're going to cook us all before, before five years are finished. Since many EMF scientists believe we now have sufficient evidence to consider RFR as either a probable or known human carcinogen, the IARC will likely upgrade the carcinogenic potential of RFR in the near future. Well, how? what's the near future? 20 years? Never? Nonetheless, without conducting a formal risk assessment or a systematic review of the research on RFR health effects, the FDA recently reaffirmed the FCC's 1996 exposure limits in a letter to the FCC with the only... Uh, Paradigm being a, a, a behavioral modification of lab rats. Did it affect their behavior? Well, yes, it did. What else did it do that's bad? Oh, no, we, we won't worry about anything else. So they, the FCC recommended uh, that no changes to the current standards are warranted at this time, unquote. And they always... Uh, say at this time as if there's uh, there, uh, ongoing research is being conducted. I can assure you that no ongoing research is being conducted. And that quote, NTP's experimental findings should not be applied to human cell phone usage. <laughs> okay. You have nothing to worry about. It's safe. The letter stated that the available scientific evidence to date does not support adverse health effects in humans due to exposures at or under the current limits. And, of course, they're talking to industry science, not independent science. The latest cellular technology, 5G, will employ millimeter waves for the first time in addition to microwaves that have been in use for older cellular technologies, 2G through 4G. Given limited reach, 5G will require cell antennas every 100, 200 meters. So whether or not you have a Jai, uh, 5G cell phone, doesn't matter. Those towers are going to be radiating 5G waves. And they can target you with these 5G waves. That's the so-called improvement from 4G to 5G. But it requires uh, at least, what, 10 times more cell towers than we currently have. So you will be irradiated day after day after day, minute by minute, by these companies. And you will not have anything to say about it. So we're going to, if we can't fight these people legally and politically, we're going to have to fight them in other ways, folks. There's a confrontation coming. And it looks like with all of these initiatives that I've been presenting to you today, that confrontation is coming sooner rather than later. Okay, so let's continue here. 5G will require cell antennas every 100 to 200 meters, exposing many people to millimeter wave radiation. 
5G also employs new technologies. For example, active antennas capable of beam forming. Hmm. Beam forming. They can kill you with one of these beams. Phased arrays. They can kill you with a phased array. Also, massive multiple inputs and outputs known as massive M-I-M-O. Sorry. M-I-M-O. Multiple inputs and multiple outputs, MIMO, which pose unique challenges for measuring exposures. Okay, so it's basically a uh, disrupting device so that you can't even tell how much exposure you're getting. Millimeter waves are mostly absorbed within a few millimeters of human skin and in the surface layers of the cornea. Oh no, I see some blindness happening here, folks. Short-term exposure can have adverse physiological effects in the peripheral nervous system, the immune system, and the cardiovascular system. They are targeting our immune systems, folks, with all of this new technology. It's all targeting our immune system. The research suggests that long-term exposure may pose health risks to the skin, like melanoma, the eyes, ocular melanoma, and the testes, sterility. Since 5G is a new technology, there is no research on health effects, so we are flying blind, to quote a U.S. senator. However, we have considerable evidence about the harmful effects of 2G and 3G. Little is known about the effects of exposure to 4G, a 10-year-old technology, because governments have been remiss in funding this research, and obviously the industry is not going to research this. Meanwhile, we are seeing increase in certain types of head and neck tumors in tumor registries, which may be at least partially attributable to the proliferation of cell... (laughs) Sorry, sorry, folks. trying to scroll down. My computer is really slow. Of cell phone radiation. Okay. Head and neck tumors due to cell phone radiation radiation. These increases are consistent with the results from case control studies of tumor risk in heavy cell phone users. Again, this is a good reason to dump your cell phone if you can or minimize usage of it. Don't hold it up to your head if you have to use it. Put it on speakerphone and keep it as far away from your body as possible. Or just go back to the good old-fashioned landline. So, 5G will not replace 4G. It will accompany 4G for the near future and possibly over the long term. If there are synergistic effects from simultaneous exposures to multiple types of RFR, our overall risk of harm from RFR may increase substantially. Cancer is not the only risk, as there is considerable evidence that RFR causes neurological disorders and reproductive harm, likely due to oxidative stress. Because what? It creates toxins because it's cooking us. As a society, should we invest hundreds of billions of dollars deploying 5G, a cellular technology that requires the installation of 800,000 or more new cell antenna sites in the U.S.? close to where we live, work, and play? Instead, we should support the recommendations of the 250 scientists and medical doctors who signed the 5G appeal that calls for an immediate moratorium on the deployment of 5G 
and demand that our government fund the research needed to adopt biologically-based exposure limits that protect our health and safety. Very good article here by Dr. Joel M. Moskowitz, Ph.D. He's the director of the Center for Family and Community Health in the School of Public Health at the University of California, Berkeley. He has been translating and disseminating the research on wireless radiation health effects since 2009, after he and his colleagues published a review paper that found long-term cell phone users were at a greater risk of brain tumors. I believe uh, one of Biden's sons died of a brain tumor due to cellular use. So folks, uh, they're experimenting on us nonstop. The government will not protect you. Your local church will not protect you. And we are on our own. It's us and Yahweh against them. That's what we're having to deal with. So I encourage you to join the resistance movement and share this kind of information with your friends and neighbors. So you can open that link and print that article out and show it to people who are using cell phones because this is really a a cellular apocalypse. A cellular apocalypse in the making. So we are in, in the end times, no doubt about it. Absolutely no doubt about it. And we're going to have to we might have to wear hazmat suits to get through this. We may have to wear hazmat suits to get through this. So there's plenty of info on BitChute about all of this 5G radiation and, and cancer, etc. that is Ladies going to... Ladies and gentlemen, a oh, new sorry. narrative is rolling out right now. I didn't even hit the play button. <laughs> okay, give uh, this is another report from uh, what's this guy's website called? Uh, I have to eliminate the ads here. Sorry, folks. Give me a second. Ice Age Farmer, and I'm going to post this on uh, the main page of Eurofolk Radio. But let's give this a quick listen. I have to lower the volume because it's considerably louder than the previous one about the. the Again, this next crisis, Cyber Polygon, which we talked about. All this stuff is interrelated. The 5G, the Cyber Polygon, the, uh, the Mobile World Congress, etc., etc. It's all one big connectivity situation, and they want to make it so that you cannot disconnect. Here we go. One which describes a new crisis... A crisis which dwarfs, in terms of societal and economic impacts, COVID-19. COVID-19, for which we shut down the entire economy and locked people in their homes. What could possibly be more socially and economically impactful than that? Let's talk about it. I'm Christian, and this is the Ice Age Farmer broadcast. I believe that there will be another crisis uh, it will be more significant, and this is Jeremy Jurgens, managing director of the World Economic Forum, speaking July 8, 2020. You know, we need to actually start preparing for that now. When we do see this next crisis, it will be faster, 
than what we've seen with COVID. Uh, the exponential growth rate will climb, uh, be much steeper. Uh, the impact will be greater. And as a result, the economic and social uh, implications will be even more significant. Even more significant. What is this next crisis that we just heard Jeremy Jurgens, Harvard-educated managing director of the World Economic Forum, describing? Well, now let's hear from Klaus Schwab himself. We all know, but still pay insufficient attention to the frightening scenario of a comprehensive cyber attack. Yeah. Now, who's going to do that cyber attack? Uh, Joe Schmo in his garage? Or is this going to be state cyber attacks and blamed on you-know-who? Which would bring to a complete halt to the power supply, transportation, hospital services, our society as a whole. The COVID-19 crisis would be seen in this respect. So in order to protect us from the technological nightmare they have created, they need to clamp down on us even harder. As a small disturbance in comparison to a major cyber attack. To use the COVID-19 crisis. Fear-mongering par excellence. As a timely opportunity to reflect on the lessons <laughs> of cybersecurity. Oh, it's such a humanistic language here, uh, such paternalistic, maternalistic language. We must reflect upon the dangers ahead and prepare, and we're here to help you prepare. Community can... By staging false flag cyber attacks. Draw and improve our preparedness for a potential cyber pandemic. Yes, a cyber pandemic. And before we even talk about what that is, I just want to again appreciate that we just heard two leaders of the World Economic Forum promise that we are going to have a new crisis soon that dwarfs COVID, which has already spelled the end of the world as we know it. So this is something... So, so do you think it's going to get better, folks? I don't think so. You better hunker down and get all of your uh, prepper gear assembled and uh, a location where you can hide out for a while. We're going to have to do that if we cannot organize the resistance. Let's continue. Severe, and we need to take notice. This is much bigger than the project for a new American century, anticipating a, uh, a new Pearl Harbor, or the Event 201 expecting a pandemic, or even the food chain reaction game describing the food shortages we're seeing now after a pandemic. Each of these events involved lots of multinational companies coming together for a tabletop exercise, outlining the changes they wished to implement anyway, their agenda. And then, when these crises occur, seizing the opportunity to execute on those agendas. That's exactly what's happening here. So the whole premise here, you can see, look, it's the same language template even. Quote, like the pandemic, cybercrime does not respect borders or ideologies. No one organization can fight it alone. That's the exact <laughs> copy as from the food chain. The new world game. order must fight um, the new world order. global problems require global solutions. And that's where these globalists walk in with their altruistic sounding philanthropic objectives and then execute on their agendas. 
So the whole premise here for why 2020 is now a cybersecurity, you know, what's why is this all of a sudden happening is because due to COVID, people are forced to work from home. And these people, you know, there's an increased security surface. People don't understand security practices. They're writing down passwords on sticky notes and who knows. And so as a result, everyone is much more vulnerable in 2020. Now, this is true to some extent, but when you look... In other words, there's nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. They're going to track you day by day, minute by minute, wherever you are, and you will not... This is the futuristic... It's no longer science fiction, folks. It's not a science fiction horror story. It's happening right now, and they're coming after us. Let me just quickly switch to Isaiah 26:20, talking about the days when we are going to have to hide from the indignation. Come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself, as it were, for a little moment until the indignation be overpassed. It's kind of another kind of Passover. We're going to have to hide out from all of this garbage, from this radiation, from the contact tracers, from the bureaucrats, and maybe even the Chinese army. If America puts up too much resistance, they're going to sick the Chinese army on us. Verse 21, For behold, Yahweh cometh out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth also shall disclose her blood and shall no more cover her slain. Do you think that all the evil that's been committed against us is going to be exposed? Sounds like it to me, folks. It's going to be very interesting. And, of course, we are part of the exposure process as we speak. We are doing our best to alert everybody to the dangers of this nanotechnology, the global lockdown, and the so-called cybersecurity issue here, which there is much ado about nothing. It's only their security they're worried about, not ours. Let's continue. Look at the players that were coming together for the 2020 Cyber Polygon event. Again, it's just like Event 201 in the Food Chain Reaction game. It's a tabletop exercise describing how organizations can re react to this new uh, cybercrime-rich environment of the 2020s, of this new normal. One of the chief people involved in this whole um, Cyber Polygon effort was Salesforce. Here is their chief trust officer describing how we really need to take cybersecurity differently in the new normal. Here's a report from Accenture doing the same thing. The Threatscape report from Accenture talks about in the 2020s, no one could have anticipated what's going on. We have unprecedented circumstances opening the door to innovative cybercrime. Well, they anticipated it. That's why they're doing all this. Accenture is a huge consulting company, and they're one of the main proponents, uh, participants of this Cyber Polygon event. Let's look at the others. See if you detect a pattern here. AIG, Bank of America, Credit Suisse, Equifax, the credit rating agency, JPMC, Morgan Chase, MasterCard, PayPal, Swift, the international 
Transactions Clearing Network, UBS, Zurich Insurance Group, a lot of finance and bank players and insurance players there. Also some tech companies like Palo Alto Networks and Salesforce, Amazon Web Services, China Southern Power Grid, Cisco, Cloudflare, HP, uh, Hitachi, Huawei, IBM, Microsoft, Palantir, a surveillance company straight out of CIA funding, PayPal, um, and then of course Black. All the usual suspects. Okay, so so these high tech companies have created a cyber space with uh, with all their computers and communication technology, with all their trillions of dollars, and they're telling us that. Despite all of their trillions of dollars, there's no way they can prevent a cyber attack. There's no way they can prevent hackers from getting into their computers and disrupting the services they provide. They're not going to be interested in hacking into your computer because you don't have anything that's worth stealing unless they can get into your bank account. But these companies that he just lived, they all have trillions of dollars to work with. They can put make passwords 10 miles long and protect themselves from getting hacked. So this is nothing but blowhard gibberish that Klaus Schwab and the rest of them have created. It's another fakitude event, just like COVID-19 and the lockdown. Let's continue. BlackRock is in there as well, Deep State Finance uh, Central. So you see, we have representatives from a few different areas here, but it seems as if the cyber crime that's being discussed here definitely is finance heavy. And if we're talking, <laughs> especially the SWIFT network, if we're talking about threats to international transactions, clearings, um, that affects all transaction, all financial transactions right now. Well, if there is such a major threat, why don't you just go back to you know, the... Uh what do you call it, uh, brinks, have them move money from one place to another. But of course, that can't be done because you're talking trillions and pretty soon we're going to be talking quadrillions of dollars of blips on computer screens. And that's, there's only one way to move trillions and quadrillions. That's via computers. But they're also telling us that there's no way they can prevent these cyber attacks. So we're going to have to limit your freedom even more than it's been limited already so that we can protect our money and our corporations from being hacked. Uh, you know, we're not concerned about you. We're concerned about ourselves, the corporate world structure. And so when we hear the rhetoric from Klausi and Jeremy about this is going to be a crisis which dwarfs everything else. It happens ridiculously quickly and the impacts are off the scale. Everyone is affected. And then Klaus goes on to say the power grid goes down. And the So just like Event 201, which they uh, staged a few months before they actually pulled it off. I believe that was in October of 2019. And the uh, pull-off was actually... The event actually started in January of 2020. So what's their timing now? 
how soon are they going to implement this this global reset? How soon? They could do it any time. So it's time to make sure you're a prepper and have food stored, especially water. If you're in a cold climate, make preparations. Get a wood-burning stove. Uh, plant a garden. Do whatever you have to do because they are planning on shutting you down. Let's continue. Banking institutions are all involved we can see here banking will be affected i don't want to get too far into high octane speculation but between the rhetoric and the participants i think it's fair to say there is an event scripted in the near future to take down one or both the power grid and the finance president trump already passed in 2017 now that's going to be fake because there's no way that the bankers who created this entire system are going to take down their own system. That's just a cover story. It's it's going to be business as usual with a different currency. That's all. That's all it's going to be. But they're going to pretend, oh, we were hacked. We were hacked. So now we've got to get even more secure. I mean, ruthless in the way we control people. It's all staged, folks. It's all staged. It's all Jewish theater. Let's continue. Teen Executive Order 13800, which sought to harden the uh, our infrastructure, especially critical infrastructure like the power grid, against cyber attacks. Almost as if they have some insight into a potential threat along this vector. And then certainly... Throughout this last nine months of the pandemic, and it's, it's not just the World Economic Forum that's talking about this, we have been pummeled with predictive programming through the media about the threats to our power grid particularly. And even most recently from the New York Times, it is the same Russians <laughs> who hacked the election that are now targeting the power grid and our nuclear plants. Uh, you can't... Wait, wait, wait a minute. Trump's out of office already. <laughs> this is ridiculous. They're playing the Russia card on this. That's sit there. You, I don't think you can make this up at this point. The propaganda is so thick and dense. They're weaving their Russian hacker story right along into this cybersecurity and power grid story. But again, look at look at the, the, the uh, tapestry that has been woven over these last few months. Hackers are targeting the remote workers who keep your lights on. As I said now, really, they're targeting workers or are they if they have the ability to target a corporation, they're going to target the high ups. They're not going to target workers. They're going to target the, the corporation itself, the finances of the corporation, if they can do that. How many hackers in the world have the ability to do that? I, I think there's very, very few. And even the recent... Gasoline shortage that, that occurred from Texas to Florida involving many states, uh, Alabama, North and South Carolina, uh, Louisiana, etc., which was supposedly due to hackers uh, shutting down the computers that ran the pipeline. Do you believe that? I don't believe that. 
That whole thing was staged, in my opinion. It was simply staged. Let's continue. Now that they're having to work remotely and write down passwords willy-nilly, uh, hackers can target them, and this includes utility companies, cybersecurity, more important than ever due to COVID-19. This was in <laughs> May. At- now, what's the, there's no connection between cybersecurity and COVID. It's a completely different area. What are they saying? Uh, people are getting more intelligent because of COVID, making cybersecurity more important than ever. There's no connection whatsoever. But this is the logic that they're thrusting at us. As time goes on, this is from the World Economic Forum, why COVID-19 is making utilities more vulnerable to cyber attacks and what we can do about it. This is back in April. Again, they've been laying the framework, creating that foundation and, and uh, establishing the predictive programming. From the Hill in August, officials warn of increasing cyber threats to our critical infrastructure during the pandemic, notably the power grid. Moving on in September, whether facing a cyber attack or a pandemic, preparation is critical. Yeah. And we're going to explain why better be prepared. is critical for the utility industry now in the era, the new normal of COVID. Yeah, I, think, I think it's funny. They're, they're telling us we got to be preppers. <laughs> but of course, they're talking about prep, uh, computer preppers. Well, when, when all this collapses, there won't be any computers. And if you're lucky, you'll have a tent a cook stove, food and water. COVID-19, even most recently, just at the end of October, cybersecurity is going to be a crucial priority in utility companies' agenda as threats continue to grow amid COVID-19. And then just last week, the U.S. power sector has prevented millions of cyber attacks in 2020, which takes 24-7 commitment. Now they're giving you the sense that these attacks are already happening, that it's constant. It's more fear porn, just like the virus, okay? Now we're talking about computer viruses, not biological viruses. It's a, that's, that's the continuation. That's the continuation of the theme. But biological viruses have nothing to do with computer viruses. Actually, it's the other way around. Computer viruses can be turned into biological viruses. By the Gates jab. So we're being fed a line here, a totally illogical line. There had nothing, COVID, now the lockdown, the lockdown would have something to do with cybersecurity. Let's, uh, I can imagine this scenario. A guy who used to work for IBM, who maybe had access to certain passwords, got fired because of the lockdown and he, uh, he bought a, a nice spiffy computer using his password. He hacked into IBM's computers and stole a lot of money. Now whose fault is that? It was the lockdown that caused this situation, not COVID-19 and which is a, uh, a hoax anyway. So it's one hoax after another, one global hoax after another. Can you believe how the entire world has been flummoxed by one one gigantic hoax after another? Now, uh, 
when Doc Waterman and I, and by the way, Doc Waterman uh, is scheduled to be my guest next Saturday night to talk about this. He's going to be talking more about the uh, logistics of how uh, these pandemics are being foisted upon us and then what we can do and uh, the nature of the different types of infection that we're experiencing right now, uh, including the jab, from the jab and shedding and that sort of stuff. So Doc Waterman and I are going to be talking about that next week. But right here, this this is proof. This, this logic is so incredibly poor that they're trying to blame potential cyber attacks on COVID. That makes makes no sense whatsoever. But let's continue. Constantly happening, and it's only by virtue we're hanging by a thread at any moment. This team of incredibly talented people might... The sword of Damocles is hanging over our heads. They might actually fail, and then we'd be going back to the Stone Age for some amount of time. So I, Either way, we're going back to the Stone Age because that's what they want. I just wanted to mention that the media has been planting this seed as well. And you need to be aware of this, and we need to be discussing this, trying to keep it from happening by virtue of spreading the word about it, if at all possible. But certainly we need to be bracing for it. Okay, here's a cyber attack for you. Uh, go to IBM and unplug it. <laughs> unplug their computers. That would be a cyber attack. Turn off the electricity. That would be a cyber attack, a very low-level, low-tech cyber attack. But the purpose would be to make their computers dysfunctional. We may have to do stuff like this, folks. The day's coming when we're going to have, yeah, COVID. Thank you, Seven. COVID can do anything. It can strike fear in the hearts of otherwise intelligent people. Okay. So we're going to have to fight the cyber attacks with low-tech counterattacks. I don't see any other alternative unless unless one of us has a, a, hack, a hacker's brain and hacker's equipment to actually shut down IBM, Klaus Schwab, Bill Gates, the Rockefellers, and the Rothschilds. No, folks, they have nothing to fear. This is just another excuse for an even worse lockdown to come. Back to the author. And understanding exactly who the players are behind it, and that this is absolutely a critical part of the larger Great Reset agenda that the World Economic Forum is out there pushing right now. There's a reason Klaus Schwab is running this event, talking about cybersecurity in 2020 suddenly being a new risk to you. And I will leave it here for tonight because there's so much more to unpack that I, I couldn't possibly do it justice. So let's open the conversation today, and I rely on you to help me look more deeply into this, to help me spread the word, those of you who are better credentialed. Okay, so this is the nature of the threat we are experiencing right at this moment. There's more to come, more creative, uh, uh, Luciferian, satanic genius in what they're uh, ca calling COVID, what they're calling a... Uh, Cyber polygon, all these new terms that we have to become aware of in order to find out what they're trying to do to us. Well, a couple of weeks ago, I did a report on uh, pine needle tea and how this may possibly be an antidote for the Gates 
uh, nanotoxine. All right, so uh, I'm going to do a report here now, try to uh, conclude today's show on a positive note. Part of our preparation, uh, a prepper popul- uh, preparation is food, food and water especially. And if you can can get uh, nutrition from the field, there's a lot of edible weeds out there. Uh, there's all kinds of tea that can be made from various types of plants that uh, can assist you in preventing getting sick. So we're going to have to learn how to prevent. We're going to have to practice prevention on a regular basis by going 100% natural and utilizing the pharmacia that Yahweh has given us, namely herbal and nutritional prevention that is available to us all the time. But of course, they're trying to destroy that too. The globalists are. Okay? So, this is an article entitled Three Foods That Contain Shikimic Acid to Halt Spike Protein transmission okay so we talked about this one company is doing artificial spike proteins and they're going to infest our food with these artificial spike proteins that are going to be put there to track us now whether this these products these natural products being talked about in this article will affect a an artificial product versus natural product, I'm not sure. But when I did the uh, program about pine needle tea, the implication was that this this would uh, prevent any type of technology from harming your DNA. Okay, so this is deep roots, deep roots, at home.com let me see if I can copy the entire URL here so it'll be a quick link for everybody deeproots.com and there are three types of food including pine needle tea to help you prepare for this pandemic. and again the title is Three foods that contain shikimic acid, and that is spelled S-H-I-K-I-M-I-C, shikimic acid, to halt spike protein transmission. And next week, Doc Waterman will explain exactly how uh, Gates and company intend to use spike protein to harm us while pretending to uh, help us. Okay, so this is dated June 12, 2021. Oh, today. Published, oh, first published May 16, 2021. So it's been updated for today by Jacqueline. No surname here. And it shows a cup, a cup of tea, deep roots at home. Quote, the prestigious Salk Institute has authored a bombshell revealing that the SARS-CoV-2 spike protein is what's actually causing vascular damage in COVID patients 
and COVID vaccine recipients, okay? So it's the spike protein. That's exactly what Doc Waterman told me when I saw him last week. So this article verifies what he told me. Promoting the strokes, heart attacks, migraines, blood clots, and other harmful reactions that have already killed thousands of Americans. Have they? No, they died from COVID, not from the vaccine. Critically, quote, all four COVID vaccine brands currently in widespread use either inject patients with the spike protein or via mRNA technology instruct the patient's own body to manufacture spike proteins and release them into their own blood. Boy, this is uh, Dr. Moreau's dream. GMO for humans. This floods the patient's body with the very spike protein that the Salk Institute has now identified as the smoking gun cause of vascular damage. And related events such as blood clots, which are killing many people who take the vaccines from the natural news. Put simply, it means the vaccines, ahem, experimental gene therapy, were designed to contain the very element that is killing people. What have we been telling you here at Eurofolk Radio? Okay, it's not a vaccine. It's a GMO toxin. Quote, the false assumption of the vaccine industry is that the spike protein is inert and harmless. The Salk Institute proves this assumption to be dangerously inaccurate. Is there a way to stop the vascular damage in COVID patients and COVID quote-unquote vaccine recipients? Through research, I learned about shikimic acid, a plant phytochemical that's touted for reducing platelet aggregation. Okay, well, you want platelets to aggregate around a toxin, but you don't want them to aggregate constantly. You want them to aggregate uh, around a toxin and get rid of it. There are at least three foods in the plant kingdom that contain relevant levels. Why is shikimic acid important to us? Shikimic acid offers antiplatelet aggregating activity, meaning it helps halt blood clots. All right, you don't want your blood clotting unnecessarily. One, okay, this is the first part is the pine needle therapy that I talked about a couple weeks ago. Steeping fresh pine needles releases shikimic acid. These studies confirm it. Shikimic acid in the pine needles and antiplatelet aggregating activity and analysis of shikimic acid in Masson pine needles and antiplatelet aggregating activity. So this is the, that's the title. <laughs> okay, actually, it looks like it's two, two studies that are being referred to here. Now, I have made some fresh pine needle tea because I have a pine tree right in front of my house. And so I snipped a few uh, bunches of pine needles and I made uh, my normal tea and just added the pine needles to the normal tea. It tasted fine. I didn't notice any, uh, any uh, horrible taste of turpentine, <laughs> which uh, I was expecting. Of course, uh, 
it was a, a diluted form of pine needle tea. Nevertheless, I would have to say that uh, at the end of the day, after I drank this in the morning, at the end of the day, it cleaned me out. So it could be a cleansing, uh, I don't know what the term would be, you know, uh, and I don't know, um, those chocolates you eat to to promote uh, a bowel movement, right? (laughs) Okay. Uh, Not an antacid. I've never used that kind of stuff, so I, I forget what they call it. So, this is, uh, so I've only tried it once, and then I had to make my trip to uh, the south, the southwest. And so now that I'm back, I'm going to be making more of this concoction, basically combining three teas into one. One, one is the regular Chinese oolong tea, and then uh, there's another formula I got at the local herbalist. And uh, and then I added the pine pine needle to it, and um, it, the the concoction tasted actually you know like normal tea. It didn't taste any different, so I wasn't expecting any major uh, you know uh, reaction to it. Okay, continuing, that study found that pine needles provide about two thirds the shikimic acid of star anise herb. Masson pine needles equal five point seven one percent. Shikimic acid, star anise, 8.95 shikimic acid. I think that's licorice, natural licorice, star anise. That pine, now, uh, if you go to a store and buy licorice, I doubt you're getting much anise. It's probably all artificial. That pine needle tea, all the safe pine tree varieties, offers a solution to stop the vascular damage and is possibly an antidote against the effects of COVID vaccine transmission. This is really good news, I would say so. Researchers at the University of Maine at Orono, O-R-O-N-O, say extracting shikimic acid from needles of white pine, red pine, and other conifer trees is done simply by steeping the needles in water. Easy enough. Make a tea out of it. Water acts as a solvent, and through heat and time, some phytochemicals in the pine needles are extracted into the water, making a pine needle tea. Making pine needle tea is easy and only requires fresh pine needles and hot water. Now, uh, the recipe that I consulted online said that I should eliminate the bark, but I wasn't I wasn't going to pick every uh, pine needle off the, the tiny branch. I just... Put it all in the same pot. I'm not worried about the bark. In fact, you know, tree bark is where you get aspirin from. So I just put the bark, uh, you know, small, really small branches, twigs, and the pine needles all into the same tea. For the recipe, read pine needle tea, potential antidote for transmission of spike protein. So, again, this is deeprootsathome.com. So you can look this article up. Because this may be a prophylactic and preventative if you should get jabbed by force. If you should get jabbed by force. This may be a prophylactic. And so the article title is Three Foods That Contain Shikimic Acid to Halt Transmission. Or I'm sure if you just type in deepathome.com, Three Foods That Contain Shikimic Acid. This article should pop right up for you. Number two, 
Fennel seeds are another plant food that contains protective shikimic acid. Fennel is a plant in the carrot and celery family. It tastes sweet and licorice <laughs> and is also highly aromatic. Fennel has been used as medicine for thousands of years. They also put it in bread. The active ingredient in the fennel seeds is shikimic acid. Again, it's spelled S-H-I-K-I-M-I-C. Shikimic acid. Supporting study. Antiplatelet and antithrombogenic effects of shikimic acid. I may come back and access that article. That looks Let me finish this article first. Organic fennel seeds are available here. Oh, there's all kinds of links in this article. Many sources are now out of stock, especially since everybody listens to Eurofolk Radio and they found out about pine needle tea, so everybody's out of stock. But fortunately, pine needles can be uh, aggregated anywhere, collected anywhere. You can simply boil fennel seeds in water and get your own shikimic acid. Some more details in this podcast. So it has a link to this podcast, which I won't bother to play. Number three. Star anise, an unusual star-shaped fruit, counts for the most of the world's production. Star anise contains many medicinal compounds that contribute to its long list of health benefits. In fact, much of the star anise plant production today is used for the extraction of shikimic acid, the active ingredient in flu medications like Tamiflu. How about it, folks? But now we can use it as a prophylactic, according to this author. So they already have shikimic acid in Tamiflu, but they're not telling us about it. As concerns continue to mount over the threat to global health, the demand for star anise is on the rise. Organic whole star anise is now unavailable. <laughs> okay, I guess the demand is too high. But found organic star anise here. Okay, again, this article has all kinds of links. You can buy star anise available as a tea with fennel seed here. Okay, uh, this product is called Pucka, or is it Puka? P-U-K-K-A Detox. Puka Detox. And I would have to say that the one time I made pine needle tea, it is a de- detoxifier. No doubt. It is a detoxifier. Uh, I have to say, after using it, uh, because I only used it once, I can't say uh, about uh, immediate effects, but I didn't feel any ill effects, and and I felt felt well, you know, the the two or three days afterwards uh, going downstate. Anyway, make your own blend of organic fennel seeds and organic star anise and pine needle tea. You can put it all together that you know are potent and will have the highest efficacy because you know the source. Now, I did not make a potent tea. I just had a couple of clumps of pine needles that I stuck in my uh, French tea maker, which has a plunger that uh, you compress the the tea and you you squeeze the uh, product, you know, squeeze the chemicals out of the tea that way, okay, rather than just steeping. And once you squeeze the the, uh, product... Then you just let it steep for a while. So uh, if anything, I made a very mild solution of pine needle tea with my regular tea. 
Continuing. Oh, you can also add spices such as cinnamon stick and clove. The Journal of Medical Virology shows shikimic acid in combo with quercetin, even at low doses, are the most effective to modulate innate immunity in antiviral terms. So again, this is a prophylactic. So quercetin uh, is, as I understand it, a precursor to hydroxychloroquine. Again, this would be a prophylactic. So uh, I, I, I use quercetin in tablet form, but I suppose I could uh, put a tablet in the water and let it disintegrate and uh, drink the pine needle tea with quercetin as well. Next question. Are these safe in pregnancy? Answers vary, but most resources say none of these are safe in pregnancy. But I am writing next about something that can be taken in pregnancy that may also be protective. All right, so what is it? <laughs> uh, I don't know, but maybe he's just saying, oh, I'm writing another article, but uh, no info as yet. Lastly, did you know that one-third of the world's production of shikimic acid is obtained from genetically engineered E. coli? Really? Genetically engineered E. coli. Hmm. Maybe that is one of the reasons Tamiflu has such a risk for neuropsychiatric and behavior disturbances. <laughs> I wouldn't know. I've never taken it. But I'm not surprised. So, if it's an over-the-counter pharma pharmacia product, I am not surprised that it has horrible side effects. And it's manufactured from genetically engineered E. coli. Hmm. Whoever knew we would be needing <laughs> shikimic acid, but God knew and provided. Plants grown as intended sustainably are an incalculable gift from our Creator. They are the best and surest medicine when used with knowledge and understanding. So the good news is we have three alternatives, well, two alternatives to pine needle, pine needle tea, and apparently. They've been in use for generations, and they work to flush out toxins, which we could all benefit from. So I suggest, as in my case, making a very mild solution of it. If you're going to try this product, pine needle tea, and these other products that I've been talking about here, I will list them again. I suggest starting out very with very mild uh, formulas. See what you, your body can tolerate and then increase dosage if you think you need to. I totally believe in self-medication. This whole COVID nonsense is an attack on self-medication. They're trying to prevent doctors and, and herbalists from giving you treatments that work against COVID. They're trying to outlaw the, those. It's again, the... The pharmacia establishment, the medical mafia, has been trying to outlaw self-medication. But we all have a God-given right to try formulas for our own benefit to see whether or not they work for us, okay? You can do your own research and find out how toxic something might be. You don't need to consult a doctor to take anything. And the chances are, whatever the doctor prescribes, as our earliest video stated, 
MDs are the third leading cause of death in the United States in 2018. So do you really want to consult somebody who's uh, part of an industry that's the third leading cause of death in the United States? No, do your own research. And he quotes Genesis 129. Then God said, I now give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the entire earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it, they will be yours for food. And there's also a statement about herbs. Okay. So Jacques' update. Facebook and social media platforms are cracking down on conservative holistic health content. Many of you have complained that you never see our content in your news feeds on social media. There's one only one way to fight back, and that's by joining my free newsletter. So uh, there's all kinds of other platforms besides Twitter and YouTube, etc. So we have to do our own research. We have to uh, be aware of what's available as a uh, as an alternative to big pharma, etc., etc. So. Let me back up for this support study about antiplatelet and antithrombogenic effects of shikimic acid. So, uh, folks, we are, (laughs) yeah, Seven says, so now the Salk Institute is concerned about vaccine safety? Maybe they got burned out of some deal and they're getting them back. It could be. It could be, or so there was an honest scientist at the Salk Institute, a non-Jewish honest scientist. Uh, that's a, that's also possible. I'm sure that guy's been fired for publishing that uh, story. Okay, so let's get back and let's see about the anti-platelet forming because you you don't want to have blood clots and. Uh, forming for no reason at all in your body. and But that's what these vaccines have been doing to people. In fact, one of, the, one of those uh, toxins has been taken off the market because people are getting blood clots from it. Okay? So, abstract. And uh, let's see. This is www.researchgate.net. ResearchGate.net, antiplatelet and antithrombogenic effects of shikimic acid. I'm sure you could probably just put ResearchGate.net and shikimic acid in your browser, and this article should pop up. Okay, abstract. This ex vivo study was performed to evaluate the antiplatelet and antithrombogenic potential of shikimic acid, a plant phenolic metabolite. Fasting blood samples were collected from 22 sedentary participants to analyze the effect of varying concentrations of SA, okay, shikimic acid, on platelet surface marker expression, platelet aggregation, and biomarkers of thrombogenesis. Well, hopefully they define thrombogenesis in this article. Uh, thrombosis would be, uh, you know, uh, palpitating, you know, maybe your heart is uh, being forced to work overtime because of uh, coagulation. You know, if the coagulation occurs in your heart, 
I would say you don't have much, you only have a few minutes to live. <laughs> if it occurs in your extremities, then uh, you're still going to get very, very sick and may, may even lose your extremities. But you don't want to have this effect happening in your heart. Anyway, monocyte platelet aggregates and platelet endothelial cell adhesion, effective indicators of thrombus formation were evaluated. evaluated. Procaspase activating compound and P-selectin or CD62P were used to assess platelet activation-related thrombogenesis. Adenosine diphosphate. So this is a, a, a real scientific study. I don't think I need to read any more of the... Uh, oh, okay. Uh, apparently this article is not fully readable online. The, the uh, <clears throat> Sorry. PDF is available for download, but I'm just going to skip all that and uh, find the next section here, which says, okay, since shikimic acid is a natural compound isolated from the Japanese plant, Elysium verum, and seeds of liquid amber styrosiflua, sweet gum, abundant in North America, and Chinese star anise, Elysium verum, shikimic acid has been used as a base material for production of <laughs> oseltamivir, or Tamiflu. Also, though shikimic acid is known to have anti-diabetic, diabetics, are you listening? Although Shikimic acid is known to have anti-diabetic, antibacterial, anti-inflammatory, analgesic, antioxidant, and antithrombogenic effects. Sounds like a cure-all. Its hypolipogenic mechanism has never been reported. Thus, in the present study, hypolipogenic mechanism of shikimic acid was elucidated in HEPG2 and HUH7 hepatocellular carcinoma HCC cells and adipocytes in association with, uh, this is all capital letters, signaling axis. So what they're saying here, which is very important, that shikimic acid is known to have anti-diabetic, antibacterial, anti-inflammatory, analgesic, antioxidant, and anti-thrombogenic effects. Hooray! <laughs> this sounds like something we should have in our medicine cabinet. Veach and co-workers reported the anti-thrombogenic potential of shikimic acid through the inhibition of platelet activation and aggregation by targeting the pathway using ex vivo human blood sample. This study demonstrated the reduction of PAC1 and P-selectin expression were both the biomarkers of the various platelet activation. So they, they prevented, they, they have isolated or identified how the shikimic acid prevents aggregation. In vivo male Swiss mice, antihyperalgesic inhibit, oh man, nociceptive behavior, inhibit inflammatory nociception, attenuate mechanical hyperalgesia, ex vivo human blood sample, antiplatelet and antithrombogenic, 
aggregate formation. Okay, so everything about this study suggests that shikimic acid is not just good for d destroying mRNA, it's good for destroying uh, unnecessary platelet aggregation, blood clots. And I would say that you want to use this in a prophylactic manner. You don't want to, you don't want to be in a situation where your blood is clotting. That could lead to death really fast. So this study is really, it looks really important, okay? Research shows that elevated monocyte platelet aggregates are strongly associated with high-risk prothrombotic populations. Okay, well, what are those? People who eat the American industrial diet, no doubt. People who are susceptible to uh, diabetes from eating too much sugar and uh, processed carbohydrates and fake food. These are the people who are prone to this, who would be considered high risk. P-selectin expression was reduced by 9% post-ACN supplementation in this study, demonstrating a reduction in leukocyte recruitment and platelet activation-dependent granule release. In vitro studies have been performed demonstrating the effect of ACNs and its active in vivo met metabolites in the inhibition of P-selectin expression, hence alleviating platelet hyperactivity. Okay, so uh, this, this study shows that it's a, a, an outstanding treatment for blood clots. But blood clots can move around in your body causing a, a backup and uh, thrombosis and death. I mean, blood clots are really serious. If they get into your brain, they can cause a seizure, a stroke. Guess what, folks? The toxin causes your body to have strokes, blood clots, and who knows what else? So, well, we ha we have to thank the uh, the authors for today's articles for providing the information, and even uh, as, as even the Salk Institute for uh, advising us that uh, the the toxin is causing the exact damage that it's supposed to pre prevent. The unusual information from the Sock Institute. I wasn't expecting that at all. So here we are, folks. We are living in the not only the zombie apocalypse, but the medical apocalypse. And uh, in fact, the zombies are being caused by the medical establishment. Okay. So, and then uh, uh, fennel seeds, let me repeat. The three items that this author suggests. Number one is pine needle tea. And you can just go online and uh, you know, search for a, a video showing how to uh, produce pine needle tea. You can just do that. Likewise for fennel seeds. And apparently the most active one is uh, star anise. And we read the study uh, about star anise and its 
medicinal effects against blood clotting. So folks, star anise, fennel, and pine needle tea. Something we should probably have in our medicine cabinet as the uh, as this apocalyptic age comes to a close. We're going to have to have a, a medicine cabinet stocked with as many natural ingredients, natural herbs, and a cupboard full of natural food, as natural as possible. If you can have a garden, if you can sequester yourself away from the uh, the coming plagues, and they're coming, folks. They're, they're telling us they're, they're going to infect us with their garbage. There's no way to avoid it unless you, you, you can organize a community reaction against it, which is going to be very, very difficult to do. But the cyber attacks, these medical attacks, etc., etc., cyber polygon, they're telling us they're going to shut the economy down and they're going to blame it on some hacker some uh, teenage guy working out of his garage hacking the, the whole world <laughs> of banksters really you believe that i don't believe it folks this is a really crazy world we're living in and it's getting crazier by the minute because everybody that's up there in the corporate world who has climbed up the corporate ladder is a fake, a phony, a shyster, or a Dr. Frankenstein, or a Dr. Shekelstein, who is only do it either for the money or for the agenda of exterminating our race. The old Esau versus Jacob scenario, the old uh, Cain versus Abel scenario, Genesis 3.15, the enmity between the descendants of Cain and the descendants of Seth. It's playing out right now. This is the last act of this game, folks. The last act of this biblical scenario. And if you want to survive all of this and enter the kingdom, where you will finally be free of all these disease-producing <laughs> doctors and organisms, then you have to be prepared. You have to be wise. And Jesus said that the children of Satan are more wise in their knowledge than we are. Yeah, because they're shysters and and uh, frauds and tricksters who are trying to get us to buy into their phony medicine. So folks, stay healthy, stay well. Don't don't listen to Big Pharma. Whatever you do, don't take the jab. Thanks for listening. Praise Yahweh. Pass the ammunition. See you all next time. Yahweh bless. Free people will never remain free if they are not willing, if need be, to fight for their vital interests. In this present crisis, government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. Praise Yahweh and pass the ammunition. The Restoration Hour with Pastor Eli James.